Welcome to episode six of Music Magic with Chick Korea. In this special session, Chick talks with his longtime bandmate, founding member of Return to Forever and bassist supreme, Stanley Clark. Two great friends who happen to be master musicians, talking about their favorite subjects, musicians and all things music. This podcast was recorded in France just minutes before playing their final show of their celebrated duet tour in 2014. And for all musicians, you're going to want to check out chickkoreamusicworkshops.com for a free 90-minute video masterclass with Chick and Stanley. You're definitely going to want to see this one. That's chickkoreamusicworkshops.com. Okay, now over to Chick and Stanley. It's running now, so... Here's what I had in mind. Okay. We're in uh, we're in Van Van France France. We're in northwest of France, I think. We've got our last gig tonight. Yeah. After a nice month of playing, and you know, basically, I mean, uh, what I'm going to do with this tape is is uh, try to uh, turn it into a podcast and play it for the people mm-hmm. who've been interested in workshops mm-hmm. in the music workshops. Mm-hmm. So these are, you know, I'm going to sort of direct my attention okay. to musicians and yeah, good. friends like that. But, you know, uh, you could talk about whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. We, we can talk about anything we want to talk about, you know. Yeah. You know, on this tour, we got, we got to talking about when we were coming up <clears throat> in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And, well, me, the 60s, and you, mm-hmm. the late 60s and right. 70s. And um, around New York, Philadelphia, New York. And the mm-hmm. first, the first experiences we had, and I always tell people, um, when they ask about how I learned, I tell them about how I learned. I always say that I cut my teeth musically in in New York City, mm-hmm. you know, uh, meeting and playing people there. So, I know you had some similar experiences. I think the mm-hmm. work, the workshop people would be interested to know. My, the the specific thing I was thinking about is like. People want to know how do you learn? How do you uh, right, how right. do you get there? How do you learn? Yeah. So how did you learn? Well, you know, you know the thing that happened to me that was really nice was when I started playing music. Obviously, I was uh, you know, my mother was a musician. She sang, sang opera, and painted. Um, so you know, I was I was introduced in a very nice way to music. The way my mother presented music to me was she she gave me like a like a piano. We had a piano in the house, and I started, she played it, and we church songs, and and then she was always singing, like, like, I think, you know, I would, I would classify her, her as like a semi-pro, you know, she, mm. some, you know, opera singer, she was yeah. always singing in foreign languages, which uh-huh. I was always fascinated. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, hey, what is she singing? Yeah. What is that? Yeah. And so, you know, uh, music, uh, you know, was something that, that um, you know that I you know I I just sort of went to it all the time. It was a for a lot of reasons. It was a nice uh, escape for me. It was a nice thing for me to explore into. So that was the first uh, uh, time that I ever got into exploring. I used to sit down at the piano, and I used to just play. I saw what are all these keys here. And mm. I figured, well, mm-hmm. you know, I, I recognized that they were all different notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I realized, well, wait a minute, let me try to put something together. Mm. And I put some chords and some melodies and some things together. And it was a lot of fun for me. 
Uh, later on, I started taking music lessons. And can, can I ask you a question mm -hmm. about that yeah. that I think would be interesting? Mm -hmm. I'm interested. Yeah. So you, you sat down at the piano and started working things out. Did someone... Did anyone lead you the, to the piano or tell you anything about it or say, no. do this, do that? No, 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 no. No, it was, it was an instrument, and I, I recognized that it was an instrument, obviously. And, and I, like I said, I you know, immediately saw that there were all different notes there. And I realized that some of the notes were similar in different octaves. So mm -hmm. it was kind of a, I had a kind of a mathematical, some kind of breakdown of the instrument. You in worked that out all on your own. Yeah. I mean, before people oh, started yeah. telling you about yeah, yeah. octaves. Yeah, I knew about octaves and that there were notes yeah. that were similar. I also liked the, the, just the symmetry or, and also that and with the black notes, here's a group of two, then three, mm -hmm. two, mm -hmm. three. So I, yeah. so I knew there was some kind of mathematics to this. And all this stuff is flying by in my head real fast, yeah. as it should. Yeah. You know. What, and, what age? Do you remember? Oh, about? I, I think I was like, oh, gosh, maybe eight, seven, yeah. eight years mm -hmm. old. Yeah. And then, uh, then I noticed I was listening to the radio more. I was just like really listening mm. to songs and, and, and stuff like that. And then uh, when I really, I think, now, now you don't know this, and not too many people know this actually. This, this, the first instrument that I took music lessons on was an accordion. Mm. Oh, yeah. I you played mentioned accordion. that once. Yeah, yeah. I played accordion. Mm. I still can play a little bit yeah, you know? yeah and it was a guy i think he was from belgium he was down the street in this neighborhood that i lived in he was the only music teacher there. and yeah. my mother was very it was very important to her that i studied music right right and she used to tell me i i think i got the art bug yeah. from her like because uh you know my mom was really really an interesting person sang completely the opposite of my father kind yeah. of in many ways and she made her own clothes. She painted too, Painted, right? yeah, good painter, man. Yeah. And made clothes. I remember the first time I ever saw a mini skirt was on my mother. She was, <laughs> she had this, she got this book from France. Yeah. Uh, it was a big, tall, like like a magazine. It was the biggest one. She, and she used to like save her money to get this magazine. It was uh -huh. thick. And she'd bring it home and open it up and have all the latest stuff. <laughs> and she could sew her ass off too. Yeah. So she's up there sewing and she makes this leather Red leather outfit, huh? man, oh, man. <laughs> when she put that thing on, first thing I said, "Oh, oh I don't think Dad's gonna like this." <laughs> uh, yeah. So she was artistic. Oh yeah, totally, one hundred percent. You know, she she actually was a person that was the first one to tell me to look at stuff. Mm. You know, like look yeah. at paintings look at music, mm -hmm. listen to it, not yeah. just let it fly by. Right. You know, like like inspect it. You know? Right, so, right. So I got into that. Mm. Now, later, after taking accordion lessons, the next thing I, I took was, uh, for a second, violin, a little bit of cello. Mm. Yeah. I, I, my hands were, oh, I was skinny, tall, and my fingers were always long. I, I just couldn't. Oh, so, so by what age were you when you picked up the violin? Um, I think around eleven. Oh yeah, 11, so you're already, you're already a tall guy then. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I was <laughs> I was into it. <laughs> yeah, but eventually I made my way to the bass, uh -huh. and I really liked the bass. And uh, and it's funny, I I I had like two lives, two two different ways I approached the bass. I approached 
the bass the way I had to approach it in order to play in this school orchestra mm. and note, learn this music yeah. and, and learn notation. Yeah. And then I had this whole other thing, which is free. Yeah. Just play the instrument. Right. And, I, and those two things were very... And there was a partition between mm. those two things. And as I grew older... Uh, the two, both, both of those ways of looking at the instrument converged and eventually it disappeared. When, that's interesting how you think of that. When, when, when did the, um, when did the, uh, uh, what was, what happened to, to get you into playing, like you said, for the school orchestra or that kind of thing? Like, what was that road? Somebody, well, somebody said, come play yeah, in the orchestra? Yeah, they said, yeah, come, you know, there was a big announcement, you know, for extra activities in the school, come. And pick it up, pick up an instrument, pick up the instrument you want. Yeah. And I got there late, and the only thing that was left was uh, an acoustic bass in the corner, uh, a, like a, a big bass drum and a sousaphone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all bottom. Right, right. <laughs> I came into it from the bottom. Yeah. So I'm looking at these three, and I tried each one. I couldn't get a, nothing out of the sousaphone, although after picking up the bass, I did play sousaphone in the high school band. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah cool, yeah. yeah. So anyway, well, you know, with the bass, I liked the idea that they were, there was music. Mm. I liked the idea that there was this guy there that said he was a teacher. In music meaning uh, written music? Yeah, it was like written music. Yeah. There was some kind of method. Yeah, right. I, was, I, I liked that. Yeah. You know, so, you know, so this guy's name was uh, Mr. Birch. Birch. Yeah, Mr. Birch. And then I met my hero, which yeah. was Elysio Rossi. I used to call uh, him. This my, is the guy you told yeah, me about. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I used to call. He was because I was tall by him. He was a really short, like Italian guy. Oh, maybe shorter than your mother, man. He mm. was like a little. I used to call him my little Roman friend. Yeah. <laughs> and he was he was my my hero, man. This guy, yeah. like he just he was determined to get through to me. Yeah, and, and what, what was he trying to get through to you? He was trying to get through to just me, cause I, you know, I was like a kid. I was kind of wild, actually, mm -hmm. like wild. I, I, I had this my friends from the street, you know, and I was like, I had a lot of life. I, I don't personally consider it. I was wild. Mm. I just, I wasn't tamed. Yeah. I was. I had, you know, I was unleashed. <laughs> I'll put it that way. I won't say wild, you know, uh, but, yeah. but, um, you know, when I. When I started studying with with Elijah Rossi, he, you know, I got things. Of, you know, he talked about discipline, being on time, and mm. most importantly, being prepared. Mm. You know, and so we had these lessons. We had the Samandel book, which was a book that all acoustic bass players go through. Yeah, let, let me back you up a little bit. Uh, how how could you remember when? When you learned, when you came across written music, and how you how you learned to to read and write music, yeah, yeah, you know this was, you know the music that we did in elementary school, like the last couple of years of elementary school was was kind of, um, it was simple, like it was kind of um pa pa music. Mm -hmm. So in that kind of music, that kind of language, bass parts are always on one right. and. And mm -hmm. three, and yeah. sometimes as a passing tone, mm -hmm. and then you'd get whoa, something on the fourth beat. You go boom, 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 boom. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, and that oh. fourth beat. Whoa, oh, 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 <laughs> there it is. Yeah. And, uh -huh. and, and what happened to me, actually, mm. a beautiful thing happened to me. That's when I first got hooked into harmony. 
I remember this song that we did some around Christmas. Yeah, right. And the bridge on that is killing. Right. Right. Boom. Chord. Chord. Right. And the bass lines were very simple, but they had these passing notes that went to these chords. And I and I remember I'm thinking, man, that is really cool. These passing tones, and they're going to the. And it sounds so right. Why? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, Why? yeah. And I remember at a young age mm-hmm. looking at that bass part, which I could play with my eyes closed right. still today. Yeah. And trying to figure out why. Yeah, yeah. These passing tones. That, were. So that was before you 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 played any musical Bach, say. Oh yeah. That was this, way before this was that. Yeah. Way before. Yeah, that. I see. I, I see. mean, I'm I'm like, I'm playing umpapa music. Yeah. Just the basic high school. Or, I mean, elementary school stuff that you do. And then in the high school, I did it. But Eighth grade or earlier? Yeah, something like that. Maybe a little bit earlier. Yeah. Seventh. But then I got into high school and I met another, my, my teacher in high school. His name was um, uh, uh, Harry Giamo. He was another one of my heroes. Oh, that's the guy you. Well, Harry Jamo. He's the guy that stood up for you. Yeah, he's the guy that lifted up the chemistry teacher, put him on the wall, and said, "You're either going to pass Stanley, or you're going to have to see me every day for the rest of your life." Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Harry was not messing around. That's a friend. If he hears this, he'll he'll remember that. Yeah, he's probably eighty something now. He still looks like he just came out of the Marines. Mm. Anyway. and, you know, Harry uh, introduced me to, like, Stan Getz and, uh, you know, and, and I remember there was a Mingus record floating around. I don't know what it was it called, The Clown or something? It was a Mingus mm-hmm. record floating around. And, and all this stuff was kind of interesting to me. And I, I listened to it, but not until I got to, I think it was 1960 something uh, after 65 wh- when did love supreme come out uh a little bit earlier than that like s- early like 61 63 63 or maybe yeah yeah because yeah, train train left miles in about 1960 yeah right okay so all i remember is hearing a love supreme you're right and when i heard that yeah that did it. And, ah. and it was interesting what happened to me. It was the first time I heard music that I didn't know whether I liked it or didn't like it. Hmm. I hmm. had a, It was just something that I recognized as being something special. Because hmm. it, it's, it, it, you know, it's really interesting. Like I, I don't know whether this is true for you or even others. I really haven't spoken about this much, but... Sometimes um, I listen to music and I don't really, I, I just look at it for what it is. Hmm. You know, I'm not, I like it, oh man, this is great, or I don't like it. Hmm. It's just, it's like there, like I'm looking at the, the phone there and it's, mm-hmm. it's a great phone and I have viewpoints about it. You know, and it's it's there, and it's going to stay there, mm-hmm. and that's cool. So the music that that trains music was like that, and then I I had to know everything about this guy, and then what happened to me was I backed up. Then from that point, 
I, I sort of backed up and got into early Coltrane, then Miles Davis, and then all sorts of other groups. But, yeah. But that was the first thing oh, that touched yeah. me. You were still in school, like uh, oh, yeah. uh, high school. Or, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. 63, right. Because yeah, yeah. I graduated high school in 59. Yeah, so I, gr I graduated in 68. 68, right. So yeah. it was like, you know. Yeah. So wow, yeah, that's that's interesting. You well, you know, from from one perspective that I that I'm <clears throat> that I try to present uh, when mm -hmm. I talk to musicians is because everyone wants to know how to learn, mm -hmm. and I have a particular view. I have my own viewpoints about that. I mean, I know mm -hmm. how I learned, which which was real similar to how you learned. Actually, different set of circumstances. Yeah. But my my father was the musical one in the family. My mother cooked great and mm -hmm. she took care of us, but yeah. my dad was the musician That's right. and they were both encouraging. So I had an, you had an encourage, encouraging mother, uh, mother mm -hmm. and, and so you, you were wild in your way. I had an encouraging parents and I was a little bit wild in my way, yeah. you know, like, like kind of, uh, you, you use the term unleashed. It yeah. was like, I was on no leash either. There was yeah. no leash on me. I couldn't stay out <laughs> yeah. at night and, exactly. and hang out who, yeah. with who I wanted to because yeah. they knew, they knew that I was basically interested in music. Right. Was interested in music, but when I talk to to the workshoppers and musicians come in, it's like uh, uh, I I never realized that there there that the way I came up musically is maybe rare uh, amongst musicians. Like a lot a lot of the musicians that come up nowadays come up through some kind of training, yeah, like, like formal yeah. formal training in music, and yeah. and there's a, there's questions about that because more and more. In, in our kind of music, in our creative creative music, improvised music, jazz, whatever you want to call it, there's more and more music schools, and there's more yeah. and more a tendency to yeah. to educate. Yeah, well, it's 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 the commerce behind the teaching of anything. I mean, I when we were coming up, and I know when I was coming up, there were so there were few, not I mean not not many, just a very very few music teachers, and and uh, in many ways. I won't say I was forced to learn on my own, but it just seemed natural. I didn't necessarily have someone saying, you know, bass teacher, thirty-five dollars an hour, you know. Yeah. And then I, there was no internet with some guy on the internet saying that the only way you can learn is if you study with me. I, I find that a lot, especially you know, I find that in the, in the bass world today. Matter of fact, some of my my friends <laughs> do that. You know, I I. Um, I just, I believe that a real healthy artist, whether he's a musician or whatever, he has to, you know, he doesn't have to, but he, it's, it's just healthy when a person just sees something that he wants to do and start doing it. And, and the, whether, whether it's great, good, or not good, or whatever, that, that gets determined by how much information he may get. Now... Having a teacher is not bad. I, I think that, that, that if, if there's any purpose for a music teacher is if, if there's someone that wants to, you know, know what a scale is or, you know, they want to t find out some basics in music, uh, maybe basics in theory, and then that's it. Then you go. Mm -hmm. And, you, you know, and you, you, you just go out and do it. And then the guys that really want to get it, are going to get it anyway. Mm -hmm. It just it's just helpful to have a guy say, "Well, this is a 
a G minor 11th chord. This is a G7 flat 5. You flatten that. You go, oh, okay, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, the guy that's going to, and even if there's no one there to tell you that, if there's a guy that really wants to get that, he's going to get it. And and this this may sound a little harsh, but I, I just believe that if there's some, there's all reasons, there's a lot of reasons why people play music. I have friends that played instruments that went completely into other fields of life, but they they played music because it was a it was a it's a great activity it's something that that enriched their life they learned many things from it mm -hmm. uh, discipline uh, camaraderie uh, teamwork mm -hmm. all that that kind of stuff and uh, you know and that guy he could have that guy that wants to own a, own a insurance company which one of my friends does and he was a great trombone player. Uh, you could give him all the greatest teachers in the world, but if he's if he wants to go form that insurance company, he's going to do that. Mm. You know, and and um, and I I have a lot of friends that that uh, still to this day I'm I'm in contact with, and we're all musicians. And some guys went here, some guys went there, and you know, and so on, and so on. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, uh, it's obvious to me also that that uh, that. <clears throat> a lot of times I'll um, try to think of a title for my workshop or something. Mm -hmm. And one of the first titles I came up with years ago, and actually it was it was when I was giving a, a music workshop in Japan. Mm -hmm. And there's a total language barrier there. Like I couldn't, <laughs> I, I needed a translator to, to speak to the audience. So I wanted to have some catchphrase that would, would, would be easily understood, you know. So I put up a... I put up a big uh, 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 sign on a big white uh, uh, piece of paper out yeah. on the stage, and, and I put, think for yourself, right. and then I put the Japanese translation of that underneath. Sure. And uh, it basically leads, lead, leads all into what, what I feel is some of the best uh, encouragement that could be, yeah. be given to an artist is, right. to, is to learn to trust his own judgment. And, exactly. and learn to learn to whatever he wants to do. Like, well, in your your example, you had a friend that wanted to do an insurance company. Well, that's fine. Like, yeah. whatever game you want to play, you don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to make music. But if you do want to make music, what kind of music you want to make, yeah. and how you want to go about it, and do you want to? How much you want to learn about about uh, notational music, yeah. or how much you want to. Get rid of that and just do something else. It's not, yeah. it's it's a it's a wide open field. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's a wide open yeah. field, and that's that's one of the reasons why I love it. It's very it's it's very uh, human humanistic, yeah. and it's yeah. very spiritual, and yeah. and it's very basic uh, impulse that it, right. that everybody's got, you know. But but I'm you know i we've known each other such a long time, yeah. and only these past couple of tours we've seemed to have the um, time to talk about. Like like how we came up, and because mm -hmm. when in the seventies when we were touring with Return yeah. Forever, it was like the gig and the next <laughs> the tune, and, and we, we never right. talked about uh, yeah. uh, the surrounding yeah. thing. You know, you know there were there were individuals that were I call them they were like sparks in my life, sparks of light. Yeah. There was this one guy, he passed recently, his name was Byard Lancaster. Right, I remember yeah, Byard. Byard. Yeah, Byard was a, an alto saxophone. Yeah. And Byard, mm -hmm. when I was, um, I was really heavily into classical music at this time, because uh, it was like, I think I was either just getting into college or something, and I'm, I was practicing every day, hard, hard, hard. 
and I used to see this guy come out of his house with a saxophone, playing. Hmm. Just he's a Philly guy. Yeah, he lived <laughs> three doors up the street from yeah. me, so he's been. Uh, and he'd right. come out his door, yeah, yeah. walk down the street, yeah. right in front. He'd have on some wild clothes, yeah. and he'd look at me. Huh. And sometimes I'd be on the porch with my bass, and yeah. he'd just look at me. Yeah. And then he'd keep going, go down to the main street, make right. a left, and go into the park. Huh. And just play there for a little while, right. and then come back, play, and yeah. go back in the house. Would, you, would, would people be listening oh, or looking? They or? just thought he was a nut. Yeah, you know, I, I, well, you know, and actually, to be honest, I don't know. Yeah. You know, you know, a few of us musicians, we were like, man, wow, man, Byard, yeah. what's Byard doing? Byard, wow, <laughs> and and uh, and some of the old, you know older, I, I have no idea what they thought, but I just thought that this was great. This, I mean, it's, you know, the sixties. Yeah, just this guy just walking around playing. Yeah. I just thought my. First thing I thought was, how am I going to strap the bass on me? Oh, yeah, because you, know, you wanted to do that. I, I wanted to, to yeah. join in with him and yeah. like just walk down the street, just playing. Wow. I wanted to get some of those clothes. He had these wild, like, clothes. and uh, Yeah. I just thought it was just, it was, he was like a walking, artistic organism. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I, said, I love that, man. That was some of the spirit of the 60s. You know, yeah. like like when, when uh, uh, in the late 60s, yeah. um, I had an experience. I had this band after I after I uh, left Miles' band with Dave Holland called Circle. Yeah. And Anthony Braxton was playing saxophone uh-huh. and Barry Altschul on the drums. And yeah. we were trying to, we were experimenting with stuff. We were rehearsing at my loft on 19th yeah. Street. And one of the things we did was like what Bayer did, except we did it a little bit organized as a group. We said, okay, well, we're going to walk out the door on 19th Street. And, of course, Anthony Anthony had his saxophone, right. so he could carry that. Yes. He, he could carry that. But uh, uh, Barry had to take some kind of percussion stuff. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure what Dave took out. Dave took something out on the street, yeah. maybe a flute, or like a wooden flute uh-huh. or something, and I think I took some percussion stuff, too, right, out right. on the street. And we said, okay, we're going to just walk around the block in different, in different directions <laughs> and keep our e- ears open for one another. <laughs> and when we hear each other, we'll kind of converge. Yeah. And we went around for like a half hour, around Absolutely. like 19th Street and 7th Avenue and 6th yeah. Avenue and walking yes. around the block and playing. And it was, it was fun. And yeah. people thinking we were nuts, too. But yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I I loved it. Matter of fact, my first great experience, my first gig in a in a major jazz club, there was a club. There was Peps in Philly, yeah. and the other one was called uh, Peps. I remember Peps. It was Peps, and there was one other Showboat. Showboat. Yeah. Byard says, "I'm 15." I remember. He goes, "Stanley, hmm. I want you to get Daryl. I'm Daryl was a drummer. Daryl right. Brown is a doctor now. He goes." I want you guys to join my band for this weekend. So hmm. I said, well, who else is in the band? Me. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> what are we going to play? He says, don't worry about that. <laughs> when I say start, then you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> great instructions, huh? Yeah, this right, is great. So yeah. I called Daryl. I said, man, Daryl, we got this gig. I remember he paid us like... Uh, like 50 bucks, 75 wow. bucks. It was, it was a lot of money. That's pretty good, yeah. That was a lot of money back mm-hmm. then. I mean, 
my apartment was $35. Uh, well, I didn't have an apartment then, but it, my, my later apartment was $35 oh. a month. So 50 bucks, 75 bucks, that was a lot of money back then. But I remember we went to the showboat, and somehow he talked the owner into letting us come in and play. Yeah. Because we were underage. Yeah. And man, we went up there, and he looked at me. Hmm. Before we, and he said, ladies and gentlemen, the Bayard Lancaster Trio. Right. And he just lifted his horn up, and his foot went up like that, and he went, bang! Yeah. And it all came down. Right. And right. I started going, <laughs> and I haven't stopped. Right, I haven't stopped. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That was oh. like, the you know, the beginning of my performance chain, you know, yeah. like a chain of events. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was the, that I, 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 you know... That's funny. Oh. Some years ago, before Byard passed, I went to see him yeah. and just thanked him so much because it, it was that was the coolest thing. That that pleasure mm -hmm. moment has yeah. has uh, inspired. It still inspires me. Yeah. Even when I talk about it now, because I still approach music like that. Just I, play. I just, just play. play. I just right. get up there on the stage yeah. and I play. Not I can't play. I maybe I could play. <laughs> no, I, what should I play? How was that that I just played? I just played that. How was that? <laughs> yeah, Do they no. like it? Does no. he like it? Should I play that again? All of that. Just no, get rid of just, all of that and play. Rid, yeah, and that and that's so important for young. Guys. That's uh, the thing I think that the schools and the teachers uh, with this kind of organized instruction that they have going now. I think it. it if, if I had any advice for, for kids, uh, young guys, um, you know, you got to keep it simple, you know, mm. and just get on the stage and play. You're going to know what you know. Like if you, and there's nothing wrong with, with having a teacher or having a book and you learn this and you learn that. It's kind of like uh, putting money in the bank or putting, uh, you know, you read a bunch of books and you know, I guess you, you'll speak better English if you read a thousand books. I mean, perhaps, maybe not, but chances your English is going to be pretty good. And so if you if you look at a lot of things in music, transcribe things, do this, look at this book, study this. I remember there was this book, the Walter Piston Theory Book. Mm -hmm. I got into that. That was interesting and blah, 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 blah. And then, but when, when it comes time to play, there's a, a beautiful thing that happens with when you know when the person decides to play all the information all the knowingness you have you know it you use it mm -hmm. it's just it doesn't it's not hidden back there you know it just right. it, you you <laughs> you use it it's it's, right. it's beautiful it and, is yeah. and you just unleash it and just Go for it and have a lot of fun. Wasn't yeah. it Charlie Parker? It's uh, what did he say? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Great he he. Uh, I don't. I don't. I never heard him say it, but it's written down a lot. Where where uh, he was asked to. Uh, I think it was when he and Dizzy were getting some kind of an award, and yeah. and Leonard Father. I mean Leonard Father. <laughs> uh, Leonard, Leonard, Leonard Feather. Leonard Feather. Yeah. Leonard Feather was presenting the award and said, uh, "Well, uh, how how." How something like how would you describe your music? You know, yeah. it was on video. It's a little video clip. Yeah. You might be able to find it on YouTube. Yeah. How would you describe you, your music, uh, Mr. Parker? And he said, "Well, uh, Leonard, we we don't uh, we don't try to describe our music. We just let the music speak for itself. Yeah. And, uh, and so we're going to play now. And then yeah. and then he begins the tune. <laughs> and 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 the music itself is the 
is the the answer to exactly what what is the music that's what yeah. the music is yeah that's a beautiful thing and and uh, uh, yeah it definitely is is uh, uh, if that's not there then all of the fun and all of the all of the creativity and joy you get out of it is is gone it's got it's, it's, it's got to be there and that yeah. balance between that between you know and and like uh, it's, it's another it's another like really interesting subject that's almost hard to talk about because when you say those things you just said which I fully agree with then I can just put myself in the viewpoint of the people in the workshop and they'll listen to that and then they'll go they'll go yeah but how do you let yourself go like that <laughs> <laughs> you know and 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 there's no really easy easy answer to that except you got to trust yourself and just try it out just yeah. let yourself go and stop stop thinking and stop uh, like what do you think about when you play well, nothing. Stop thinking. Just play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and you just have to try that out. Try yeah. those simplicities out and and see. Yeah. You know. I mean, you know, it's funny. You know, um, <laughs> I remember one time a, a lawyer said to me, an old lawyer. I mean, he was a judge. He said, you know, I never make a decision when I'm angry. You know, mm. and it's funny. You know, he was just talking about when he goes into the courtroom. He tries to, yeah, he likes to have himself together. It, you know, it's kind of like an interesting way of, uh, like, like a way to happiness. You know, like, because I believe when you go on the stage as a musician, you know, if you're, you know, there's certain things that that have to be together in order for you to get on the stage and feel comfortable mm. you know and whatever that is I mean I could we could talk about all those things for three four hours but you know one thing that I that I I, I do is um, I try to have a low stress life now you know it's it's hard for me to get into detail and say well don't do this or do this because then then that's that's like the trap you know I I, I just think that if you if you go on the stage and your your you know your well-being is 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 up there on the on the scale you know that will help with unleashing mm. yourself mm -hmm. you know if you go up there and you you know you're you're running from the law you just robbed the <laughs> bank <laughs> just stressed out yeah, four little, people little, little stressed out <laughs> you're planning to rob a bank yeah. the next day uh, you might want to put the instrument down for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and figure that other thing out. Yeah, figure the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all. That, all that's good. All that's nice. All that's nice. Let's see. I mean, we got, we got to go uh, play in a. Uh, we got yeah. a concert to play in this, about yeah. four, forty minutes or so. It's our last gig uh, of this month, man. Yeah, great. I just wanted to recap that briefly, man, because this is the first time we went out and mm -hmm. and uh, played music as a duet, piano, yeah. piano, yeah. just piano yeah. and bass. bass. Yeah. Acoustic piano, acoustic bass, and it's been a really learning experience. It's been fun, yeah. a lot of fun, kind of working it out, you know. Yeah. And not that we're playing anything, uh, any new pieces, but but everything seems new because yeah. of the situation. There's no drums and there's no yeah. no electric instruments and yeah. uh, uh, a lot of listening and intimacy involved. And yeah. it's yeah, it's a very interesting kind of a challenge, you know, um, you know. Not that I need challenges to play music, but it, it is something that just have there have that component happens to be in there. You know, we have no drums, so the the rhythm and 
And then, but one thing that's really cool is, you know, me and me and you, Chick, we have this thing, this kind of connection that I think that was there the first time we played together when we played with Joe Henderson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that helps a lot. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and uh, I think all the really good duets, like the other night when we saw Herbie and Wayne. Yeah, yeah. You know, they have that thing. Oh, my God. And, yeah. and Herbie told me that. Herbie, yeah. Herbie actually... You know, I remember I went on the road with Herbie and Wayne one time, and and I mean, he just <clears throat> he said, "Yeah, Wayne is," you know, and he said, "Yeah, we just connect." Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's you a know? deep connection. I, I yeah, know. that go it goes way back to yeah, to, yeah. to playing with Miles and so, that, and so forth. That that so that really helps, and uh, yeah, it's just been yeah, uh, great. For, yeah, for me too. For me too. So. Um, <clears throat> Damn. So, uh, so, uh, so. Well, you know, you know, we, we talked about, uh, uh, you know, writing some music for duet, you know, and uh, I yeah, actually, I actually started thinking about some stuff. And yeah, jotted a little something down. Uh, it's a great format to to write in because mm. you. I don't know. Do you notice you're playing more piano? You're playing. Do you feel like you're playing more, more piano than than normal. Well, yeah. I mean, if I if I had uh, if I had other instruments, then yeah. I I play less because uh, I, I you know I, there's a lot of space to fill in, yeah. so I, I I get to actually actually I get to use even I noticed I, at first I was shy of using the low end of the piano because yeah. you're the yeah, yeah. quote unquote bass, <laughs> but I notice I notice there's a way for me to use the low end of the piano that really works really yeah. really well. Like for instance, and when we play uh, La Canción to yes. Sofia, yes. I, I hit a real low G that's way below the G that, yeah. you, that you can play exactly, and it has a has a nice timbre. And then when you're yeah. playing your bass solo, yeah, I can get down there and yeah. actually uh, I find I can use the then I go way up too. Yeah. Like I sometimes accompany you. I I hear it. Uh, you're playing in a middle range, and yeah. and I I can accompany you by playing high on top uh, exactly. on top rather rather than going below. Yeah. All kind of different stuff. Yeah, it's, it's the same with me. It's a great um, orchestration exercise with with piano and bass because I I notice I do I'm doing a lot of things on the bass that I would never do with uh, say with drums or. Or with some other instruments. And yeah. So. so it's fun. It's yeah, fun. it is. And, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, uh, the other thing uh, exciting to me is like when we think about putting more projects together, it, it, always the generating force for me personally is c- composition. Yeah. So I think about writing something because it's it's really, in, in it's like improvising in a sense, but even, mm. even more so. Because when you're improvising with someone, unless you're playing in a, in a way like you were playing with Bayard... <laughs> which, is, which is there's no there's no form, but usually when you're playing with someone, you're playing a song or there's a yeah, form yeah, yeah. or there's something, something there. But when you sit down to compose, <laughs> yeah. you've got a complete blank yeah. blank canvas, right. uh, and your imagination can go anywhere. And you right. can, I love it. And I can go. Well, let's see. What do I want this piece to be? What game do I want this piece to be? Yeah doing and then I can I, I have like a, a, a an infinitely wide range to of choices and then when I when I look at something I say yeah let me let me try and get this emotion or this speed or this motion going and then uh, you know so so once I once I start composing then the playing on that playing it 
becomes r realer to me. So that's what I want to do with our duet. Yeah, it's going to be nice. Yeah. It's going to be really nice. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. All right, man. Well, look, uh, yeah. I'll see you later. Huh? I'll see you later. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all you guys out there that are listening to this, uh, I'll see you in the future there. Yeah. Have a good time. Play. Yeah. Unleash yourself. Unleash. <laughs> Unleash yourself. Okay. I hope you found this episode of Chick's Podcast enjoyable. As a reminder, we invite you to chickkoreamusicworkshops.com for a free 90-minute online masterclass with Chick and Stanley. It's an intimate session as they answer some burning questions from fellow musicians and demonstrate musical concepts, playing from the classic Return to Forever songbook. Again, that's chickkoreamusicworkshops.com. In the next episode of Chick's podcast, he'll talk with one of the greatest vibraphone players of all times, Mr. Gary Burton. Chick and Gary have had a storied career together as a duet since breaking new ground in the early 70s with their landmark ECM recording, Crystal Silence. In this upcoming podcast, you'll hear insightful stories on how Gary discovered jazz growing up in a small town in Indiana, through his early days with Stan Getz, leading to the fateful meeting with Chick on a stage in Germany in 1972, where their duet was born. So please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes so you don't miss this next episode or any of the many great episodes that Chick has planned for the near future. Okay, until next time.